Well, let me tell you something. Here's what's going to happen. You're, you're going to beat Northwestern next week, and then you're going to go to East Lansing. And East Lansing is going to be wild. You're both going to be undefeated. It's so. not going to be wild, Brandon. It's not. It's in Michigan. It's going to be half Michigan fans. It's going to be wild. It'll be the toughest environment you've been in this year. It's going to be wild. You can say it's going to be wild. It's okay. I know they're your rival. I know you act like Michigan State doesn't matter, but you're scared to fucking death. Hello, everybody. You are listening to a special episode of Spartan Crazy with Ryan and Tim. We've got Don and Connor from a podcast divided on. So I figured we'd get Don on and he could break down Michigan for us. And Connor, obviously, knows a lot about MSU. I'm sure all of you follow Connor on Twitter. So, yeah. um, Huge game coming up on Saturday. Noon kick, unfortunately. But uh, game day, uh, Fox, big noon kick is going to be there. Uh, They're going to have Josh Pate from uh, CBS Sports is going to be there, who has late kick. The podcast does a really good job with that. And uh, Barstool is going to be like a mile off campus, (laughs) which was like, okay, man, whatever. Um, But yeah, so MSU 7-0, Michigan 7-0, first undefeated game since 2010 uh, between these two teams. And, uh, Connor, if you want to give some thoughts about the game and how MSU seasons went, go ahead and take it away. I think I speak for every Michigan State fan when I say that I didn't expect to be in a position to where I was – I mean, obviously you care about the Michigan game. That's, that's like the game that's circled on the schedule. But I was never, I was never thinking that it was going to be a top-10 battle, um, Big Ten standing, vying for first place in a playoff race at this point in the season. And I think – I think this is like what you kind of dream of as a Michigan State fan or a Michigan fan. Yeah, absolutely. I did not expect Michigan State to be seven and zero at this point. I said like maybe five and two, six and one if you steal a game. Best case hey, scenario. Man, absolutely. Like I think any Michigan State fan at this point, even a Michigan fan, is going to be happy with the results so far this season. Nobody thought these two teams would be seven and zero going in this game. Like, there's no question about it. No. I mean, I if, if you would have told me that State would have been 7-0 going into the Michigan game, I probably would have had you committed. Like, I, I, honestly, <laughs> I honestly don't know if I would have believed you, even the other way. Like, even if Michigan fans were like, okay, we'll be 7-0 before we face you, I'd be like, no, I don't think so. But, I mean, both teams have exceeded expectations, and I think you're about – I mean, I, I can't say that one team is going to be exposed because, you know, one team could lose and still be very good. But – you're going to learn a lot more about who's the real contender this weekend. And I think that's exciting. Yeah. This is kind of, I, I don't know. It's fair to call the elimination game because crazy stuff can happen. And Penn state's pretty much done. So like yeah. they're not going to win big 10 East after last week, but this game, it, 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 it really just sets up like a, you get to play Ohio state to go to Indy type scenario. Assuming you take care of business against all the other teams you play. Yeah, this this has a feel like like you said the elimination game, and I said it last week after watching Penn State lose, I was like, whoever wins the Michigan Michigan State game is going to be Ohio State's biggest threat. Like, obviously Penn State plays them this weekend; they could beat them. They're not going to. We saw what they looked like against Illinois. James Franklin thinks he's playing Illinois again. It's <laughs> it's just a nightmare in, in Happy Valley, and I think that that's perfect for Michigan Michigan State. Like, Penn State is very beatable, and Illinois showed that. So. I mean, it's it's really a three-team race at this point. 
Yeah, I 100% agree with you. And Penn State, yeah, you, you can't lose at home to Illinois if you want to win the Big Ten East. That's gonna, that's kind of gonna, that's gonna ruin your season. Or uh, ever, don't ever lose to Illinois. Yeah, or ever lose to Illinois. I know how that goes. Unfortunately, <laughs> can't can't say I have never experienced that in my life. But uh, yeah, um, I I 100% agree with you. Uh, with this, this, these are the three teams that are left. I think these are the Probably the three best teams in the conference at this point, honestly, mm-hmm. because the Big Ten West is not that good. Uh, Don, if you do, you want to tell me what you thought of Michigan season so far this year? Oh uh, yeah, first off, thank y'all for having me on your show. Um, it's yeah, you know, of course, I I do get a lot of heat from Spartan Nation, but um, <laughs> I, I definitely appreciate uh, you guys having me. Um, I'm I'm you know I'm very pleased with what Michigan's done. I had a, I mean, of course it's documented because all y'all screenshot my stuff, but <laughs> I had a feeling that Michigan was going to have a breakout year this year. Um, I said my my official prediction was eleven and two, um, and a New Year's Six bowl win, and everyone thought I was crazy. And as I said that back in August, and everyone, oh, you're you're delusional, you're a homer, and and now we're seven and zero, oh, and and actually I predicted Mich- I predicted Michigan would uh, go undefeated up into Happy Valley. Um, but, of course, you know, this weekend will have a lot to do with that because we are up – we have a very tall, tall order uh, waiting for us in East Lansing. So um, that prediction is still very fragile right now. Um, but uh, I'm very pleased with what Michigan's done. Um, last – of course, Michigan was 2-4 and four last year. You guys came in and, and, and took care of business against us last year. And really, from there, the season went downhill. And my reason for my 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 rationale for Michigan having a breakout year this year was because I believed that I believe that last year was an aberration. You had sixteen of sixteen new starters out of twenty out of twenty two, and yet because of because of coronavirus, you had no spring ball, you had no summer workouts, you had no fall camp. You had no non-conference season to kind of get, you know, get some things in place. And also you had Don Brown who did it, who, who didn't have the personnel to run his defense that he needed to anymore. And of course that was completely exposed by y'all and Ricky White, no less. <laughs> um, and um, so I really believe with the new staff changes, the overhauling, and if, if, I, if I really was like, if the defense can be, can be serviceable, and the offense, because I really believe the offense was going to be the strength of the team. And uh, with the offensive line, and I thought Cade was going to have more passing yardage, but of course that hasn't materialized as of yet. Uh, but the running game has really exceeded anything I could have dreamed of them doing. And um, and so now we're seven and zero, and going into East Lansing for a massive game. And y'all, y'all don't know, like literally the whole country eyes are on our state. Mm-hmm. Yep, y'all believe that. The it's, whole, it's a, everybody. Yeah, this is, they haven't had a game like this since like 2015, where it's like this is the game of the week between these two teams. It's definitely the biggest game they've had in a long time oh, between yeah. these two teams. There's no doubt about it. Absolutely. Um, I was, I, 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 yeah, Michigan has been, they've definitely been better than I thought they'd be. Uh, I, I definitely didn't think they'd be 7 and 0. So kudos to you for calling that. I, there's no, I, I didn't think either of these teams would be anywhere close to that coming into this game. Um, but yeah, I, I think Michigan has done a really good job with their offensive line this year. Um, they, their running game is really good. Like it's definitely 
like top it's a top it's at least a top 10 top five just off the top of my head running game in the entire country i mean it is i i don't know if the coaching change with uh who was it it was warner who was who was the co- who, was, who was the ol yeah. coach yeah he yeah, was the OL, yeah warner yeah he was the ol coach last year and they, i know they have a new guy this year so i don't know maybe Trying that made a big difference yeah i do you think that made a huge difference in the offensive line play this year or do you think I, it was just a matter of talent like getting I, better yeah i think it made a big difference warner's from what I heard, Warner's voice got a little stale in that room. And so it so really, Jim, overall, with the overall staff, just made it younger. Like, the average age is like 37 of the, of the assistant coaching staff, which you have guys that are, are younger, kind of more relevant, are able to better relate to this generation of athletes. So I think that's a big part of it. And going from Ed Warner to Sharon Moore, somebody who can they can relate to and, and help out. So, yeah, I do believe that that change made a big difference as well because, I mean, Haskins and Corbin have done a great job running the ball, you know, tough, hard, fast, all that stuff. But that offensive line has blown some holes, like blown, like part of the freaking red seat. So that's been exciting to see, honestly, as a Michigan fan. Oh, yeah. I, I think that the key between this and this game is there's going to be two strengths going against each other. MSU's defensive yeah. line, which is a big strength, and then Michigan's yes. offensive line, which is a strength. So yes. whoever wins that battle, I think is going to win this game. I think mm-hmm. that's pretty obvious, but uh, that is what I am going to be watching for on Saturday for sure. Absolutely. And the funny – here's the other thing. Of course, strength on strength. I think that – I think the funny thing is strength on strength for the front – MSU's um, defensive front, Michigan's offensive front, but – it's strength on weakness on the other side with with Michigan's defensive backs against Michigan State's receivers, and then Michigan's front against Michigan State's offensive line. So that I'm interested to see how that balances out. Who's able to who's able to um, you know who's able to account for their weaknesses and who's able to take advantage of their strengths in, the, in those matchups. Because Jaden Reed, if, if I was the defensive coach, I wouldn't, I would be losing sleep knowing that I got to guard Jaden Reed, Jalen Naylor, and also Kenneth Walker out of the backfield. God help me, Jesus. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah. I'm, so, it, it's just, there's a lot. There's just a lot going on here. And um, there's so much to break down. I'm just excited to talk to you all about it. Yeah. I've got I, a question. I've got a go question, ahead. Ryan. Um, go ahead, Dan. Uh, by the way, welcome guys um, to the Spartan Crazies. We have a lot of fun over here. But uh, you know, as someone who doesn't really watch a lot of Michigan, I know that probably Ryan and Connor has. Um, what are the things other than the obvious things that you just said, like you just named the the star offensive skill players? What are the things that really worry you? Like something that you think that. Michigan might have shown weaknesses during the course of this season. Um, maybe there's uh, key guys that could be missing. Um, something along those lines that are that maybe a person like me wouldn't think of when you think of what could go wrong for Michigan. Uh, outstanding question. Outstanding question. Uh, one is, of course, the absence of Ronnie Bell um, is one. Because um, the Michigan's receivers are still trying to find that the go-to guy. You've got guys that have stepped up. Roman Wilson, Cornelius Johnson, Dalen Baldwin have stepped up in big games, but we haven't had that co- constant go-to guy as Ronnie Bell has been the last since 2020, really 2019. Um, so that's one. And really finding that, that person that Kay can go to on third down the chain 
in a hostile environment, in a big situation, in a big game. Um, and so that's that's one concern. Another one is the red zone offense because we're going up against one of the best red zone defenses in the country. I mean, it's like you guys turn into the 85 Bears when we get inside the 10 yards. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's, it's a sight to see. Because Indiana, you know, with the quarterback who, you know, uh, Tuttle, who is, wasn't the, the greatest quarterback in the world, was moving the ball like like it was nobody's business early. I'm like, yo, what what y'all doing, yo? What? And then all of a sudden, get the red zone, like you you put him in a straight jacket. So, and Michigan's red zone offense this past weekend um, didn't, even though Michigan, you know, handily won the game, the red zone offense needed to be better. Um, you know, we fought, had a fumble inside the five yard line. Um, that was come that of course that compounded the mistake made by Dylan Baldwin not kicking out the, um, the the scraping linebacker on the bubble screen, or else it would have been a walk-in touchdown. So red zone offense, you know, being able to to you know move the chains on third down. And my third thing that I'm kind of concerned about is Michigan State Michigan's linebackers in coverage. That's another concern I have because you know Michigan because because of Michigan's I think Michigan has an advantage over on the defensive their defensive line over Michigan State's offensive line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you all are going to run a lot of screens, draws, and trick plays. I'm, I I know you're going to do it. And Michigan in the Nebraska game had some issues covering the the, the running the back out of the backfield um, a few times and kind of getting mixed up, you know, getting caught in the wash, getting caught you know being caught caught on fakes and stuff and having, you know, the running back go out of the backfield for a cannonball run. And Kenneth Walker is not the guy you want running free in the passing game. So those are things that – those are areas of concern that I have going into this weekend. I think those are all pretty fair. I, I do agree with you that uh, Michigan State's uh, offensive line has some issues uh, mm-hmm. going into this week. Um, uh, Michigan had, what, two offensive linemen out uh, last week. Do you know anything about their playing status this week? I'm not sure. Um, but I hope to have them back, uh, especially going up against, you know, um, Slade, Panasuk, and company. Yeah, I definitely love to have them back. Um, but, I'm not, but I'm not sure. But either way, Michigan – one thing is Michigan is not only talented as a lot, but they're deep. So even if we have guys out, we've got guys, Chuck Filiega, Carson Barnhart, guys that have stepped up and really played some quality football off the bench. So um, if, whether they play or not, I'm not – I'm not – I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not shaking over. I'm not shaking over any losses because we have a lot of guys that have played football that has experience, and so I think the offensive line is going to be able to stand tall. Uh, but of course, how effective they'll be will depend on how they execute and how well Michigan State's front plays. Yeah, that's I I, I agree with you on that too. Um, and Michigan State's defensive line versus Michigan's offensive line is, like I said, my thing. I'm going to watch this game. Um, I, I had a question for you about Cade. I know I know you uh, you you, I, you think I I I'm kind of convinced he's a game manager. You uh-huh. have other thoughts. Uh, can you tell me what you've thought about his play this year? Yeah, and that's the thing. That's the thing. People are misconstruing my tweets. I'm not saying Cade Manning. Cade Man, um, I said Manning because I'm Cade Manning. Manning. <laughs> no, he's not a Manning. He's a McNamara. But um, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Kane is a game manager. That's what he is. Okay, I'm not, fair enough. I, I'm okay. not saying he's not a game manager. What I'm saying is he people think he's a liability and think he can't throw. I'm, that's the point I'm trying to make on Twitter. He can throw. 
And and whatever and and I and I put the thing where he has ten touchdowns and one interception. I'm not saying that's prolific, but I'm saying when he's had to throw the ball, he's been efficient and he doesn't make mistakes. But what I'm saying is, if if counted on to throw the ball more, I believe he can do it, and that's what I'm trying to say. That okay, you know, you want of course if you got to choose between you know Cade McNamara or Blake Corum Has- and Haskins beating you, you're gonna choose you're gonna choose McNamara because of, because of what you've seen. But what I'm saying is that Cade is able to Cade's able to get it done, and he's not like I said. If you're if you're if you think that you know Cade's just doing knuckleballs and gonna go you know three for twenty five. Oh, like, I, I, I don't like I don't think he's I don't think he's John O'Corner or anything. Don't get me oh, wrong. I, I, no, 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 no. no. I, no I, I do not believe that. I think he's I, a solid quarterback. I don't think he's. I don't think he's got I never, or anything. I never want to hear that name again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've, we've had our nightmare quarterbacks before, so trust me, I know how you feel about yeah. that. Uh, yeah, but uh, no, I, I think that – the thing with him is I think that if MSU wants to win – if he, if Michigan wants to win this game, they're going to have to make some plays downfield, uh, at least a couple. Like, I think so. Yeah, and I don't know. I think so. I'm not. I'm not totally convinced. And yes, Michigan State secondary has had some issues this year, but they run. They run kind of a bend don't break defense where they'll allow a short pass and yeah. let you get like eight yards. And when you get the red zone, they'll stop you and hold you to a field goal. Uh-huh. Uh, my thing is, I don't know if he can make a play. Like if, if he can make multiple throws downfield for a big play in this game, mm-hmm. who knows? Uh, Michigan State and- scheme is 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 uh, set up to stop that. They, they, yeah. they'll allow the, the underneath passes. They just won't allow the big play. So I'm just, yeah. I, I don't, I'm not convinced he could do that. Personally. Yeah. And, 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 that, and that's fair. I think that's fair. Cause um, the, um, it's, and also it's not all cause I like watching back things. Cause the easy thing to say, if something goes wrong on a pass, it's the quarterback's fault. Yeah. You know, and I like watching for things. Of course, Kate hasn't been perfect. Um, but, you know, what I will say, there were a couple of times that, you know, a couple of throws that he made against Northwestern that um, uh, one ball he threw was a deep ball. It was great coverage to Mike Sainer still. It, it, was a, it was a good throw because it, it, Kane put it in a place where A, or either A, Sainer still was going to catch it or no one was going to catch it. And Sainer still, what he did was, instead of, you know, k- keep running to split the safety in the corner, he jumped. Too early when he had no chance to catch it if he jumped, and the ball just kind of landed incomplete. So just little things like that. I think, I think much of it. I think part of his ball placement because one ball he threw to um, to Luke Schoonmaker was um, a tight end. He was open, had about two steps. He underthrew it to a point where the defensive back had enough time to knock it away. Um, and, he, and so, a couple some some of the deep pass that um, development things. Part of his ball placement with Kane, a lot of it as well as route running. And high point in the football. So both the receivers and the quarterback have to come together and continue to communicate and develop that. Because you know we, I, I, I think we'll need to hit hit on one like we hit. Because I really believe that pass against um, Wisconsin, the flea flicker when Kate literally dropped it in a bucket um, to uh, to Cornelius Johnson. That play was a huge play of the game to oh, yeah. really that- loosen things up. That was I, I'll admit that was a that was a solid throw. I, I I I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm just not convinced he could do it multiple times. And that, that's know, fair. I, that, against Michigan State defense. So like I said, Michigan State's defense is schemed to prevent that from happening. Yes. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think he's bad. I, 
I'm not going to say that he's that he's a bad quarterback because he's not. He's probably a top five quarterback in the Big Ten. He's I, I think Peyton Thorne's a better quarterback. That's a different discussion. But uh, I I don't think that he's that he, he's not going to turn the ball over. Like that 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 is what Michigan is has done a good job with that this year. They have not turned the ball over. And that's the, that is the biggest when you have a running game that, that's running downhill like that. That is the biggest key. It's just. Get the ball in their hands and don't make mistakes. And so, yeah, Kate is a game manager, but that's there's nothing wrong with that. I I don't like that it has a negative connotation. Um, but like I said, we'll see we'll see what happens and we'll see what I'm interested to see what Michigan State's defense will allow, what will allow and concede or try or try to try to play it. I'm I'm I can't wait to watch. Yeah, I now, think I have. Uh, go ahead, Tim. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I this is kind of a um expounding on what I asked Don. Um, Connor, if we were to ask you, um, other than the surface-level stuff, um, what could go wrong for Michigan State that you might, in the back of your head, have um, be worrying about? Not, you know, not like we struggled to move the ball or their run <laughs> game was really good. Um, what are some things, maybe some key positions that you've spotted that you think, you know, might be a worry? Uh, well, they, they were talking about defensive backs, Michigan State's defensive backs. You know, they kind of play the bend but don't break. I've, I'm worried that that's going to be playing right into Cade's game because Cade loves to throw those short passes. I think he had, what, 20 completions against um, uh, who they play last week? Northwestern. Northwestern. 20 completions for 129 yards. Like, th- that doesn't sound good, but, like, He's hitting the underneath throws that kill state. Like those five, 10 yard throws can turn into 15, 20 yards after the catch. You, you never know. And with that on top of Michigan state, having kind of a tackling issue, um, they've been missing tackles quite a bit this year. That's something that worries me both in the past and against, you know, a Haskins or a quorum who can make you pay for missed tackles. Um, I, we've seen it all year long. Quorum and Haskins are just making defenders look silly. And I'm worried that our defense is going to try, you know, the arm tackles or trying to punch the ball out instead of making a tackle, which has killed us in, the, in a few st- a few spots. Um, that and, and discipline. Michigan State has been kind of undisciplined this year, which has been a, a little surprising because Tucker is all about being a, a fundamentally sound coach. But you've seen a lot of, like, silly penalties, like, fifth-year seniors getting late hit calls or false starts or I think there was one punt that we had that we had three straight false starts it's just like what like what are we doing here so <laughs> it's it's like the the fundamentals like you no more mental mistakes play a clean game cut down the missed tackles and you know try not to play into Cade's game because he wants to make those short throws that's his game he's gonna love that that's his bread and butter so if they make him feel a little uncomfortable, I think that's great. But I, I don't want him sitting back there and being able to slice and dice his way down the field. I yeah, do. I, 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 we, we don't. But, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I, I kind of I, I agree with you, Connor. Michigan State, honestly, has been, I mean, compared to the last couple of years of the D'Antonio defense, has been a lot better. Just not – they still have issues like trying to punch the ball out on some plays, mm-hmm. but they don't do it as much as, like, say, they did in, like, 2019 where they wouldn't tackle. They try to punch <laughs> the ball out. Cause the, I, that, I remember they do that, did that that entire season, and it just drove me nuts. Yeah. But, uh, 
no, I agree with I somewhat agree with you. I, I I'm cool with a lot. I I'm cool with him. I know that that's his bread and butter. But as long as you don't let him beat you downfield for a 40, 50 yard pass, I'll live with that because I know that we can get stops in the red zone. We've done it all year. Um, I, I'm I'm okay with allowing it to an extent. I don't want him to go on like a Michael Penix 2019 23 straight completions or anything. But if but if you let him, you know throw some intermediate passes and yeah, sure. They're going to, they're going to pick up some first downs and they, they might get some field goals. I, I just, as long as you don't let them get in the end zone when they get in the red zone every single time, I'm, I'm going to live with that mm-hmm. personally. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. I mean, you know that they're going to, that that's their game plan. That's their defensive game plan. They did it all. They've done it all year. They, the Northwestern game was like a prime Northwestern Michigan state game where, their quarterback probably threw it 40 times and every pass was like five or six yards just because that was what we were giving up. I'm, I'm with you where I'm okay with them doing that as long as it doesn't end up in touchdowns. But I would like to see, I think we saw it against Indiana like two weeks ago where the cornerbacks were playing a little more aggressive. Um, I think Michigan has some good receivers. They got some, they can burn us deep a little bit, but I trust Xavier Henderson back there. Um, I'd like to see a little more aggression from our defensive backs. Ronald Williams and Chester Kimbrough are talented. I think we all know that. I'd like to see what they can do. And like, a, you know, I, I, I know the, whole, the running joke on Twitter this week was press the corners and stack the box. But I, I would like I would like to see a little more trust in the cornerbacks. That's like that's really all I want. Yeah, that's fair. I, I I think that we're kind of like we can run this bend don't break defense, but we don't have the DB talent quite yet where it's going to be effective all the time. Um, th- these guys are solid. Don't get me wrong; they're not they're not bad players at all. But they're they're not like uh, say I don't know like an Ohio State where they have just like massive amounts of talent where they can run that defense whenever they want. This is what Mel wants to run, and I'm yeah. fine with it. It's worked all year. But at some point, man, I, at some point, it, you'd think the levy's going to break. But, exactly. I mean, they're 7-0, and oh and it's worked. So, I, I, it, run with it. Is, I mean, it's kind of like with Michigan running the football. Run with it. Is, if, it's, if, it ain't, uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yep. So, I have a, a burning question. And this is a, this is a question that gets answers all over the place, depending on who you <laughs> ask. And sometimes they're absolutely nonsensical. But um, – We'll start with Don, and then you can go after him, Connor. There is one big difference between these two teams, and I think these two teams are going to be extremely well-matched. Um, easily the best team that they have both have played this weekend. Is that fair to say? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, there is one difference um, that's really sticking out to me. Michigan State had a bye week. Going into this game. Now, you hear the um, rust versus rest. Everyone <laughs> likes to say that. Don, what is your take? What do you think, without, you know, <laughs> without being too optimistic for yourself, what do you think generally? How does that – are you rust or are you a rest guy? It just depends on what you need. Um, it, it, if, you have a, if you have a lot of – if you're playing really well and you are, and you are on fire, you want to keep playing. But if you are if you're banged up and kind of hanging on by a thread, you got a bunch of injuries. You want the rest. So it just depends on whatever like the status of your team is. Um, you know, from a Michigan standpoint, I'm really glad we played last week because we we were very rusty um, in the first half. Even you know we were only up ten seven. You know at at the half, it, it really should have been up twenty one nothing in my opinion. You know without the 
and fall asleep on that long touchdown run and such. So I'm glad we got the cobwebs out. But it's just, but it just really depends on what your team needs. Like you all might come out guns blazing this weekend off of it. It just depends. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a toss up too. It depends on the coaching staff. I feel like, you know, D'Antoni off a of bye might be different than uh, Mel Tucker off a of bye. He might treat the the bye week differently. Um, I think for Michigan State, they kind of got a bye at the perfect time. I don't think rust is really a thing, especially when you're practicing every day. I don't, I don't buy into that. I do think that you know you you can use that extra week to prepare for a team and get like you can know a team inside and out with that extra week. There's really like you know how teams always say or people always say, oh, that's a trap game. Well, you avoid that when you get a bye week before a huge game like this. You don't have to worry about the trap. Um, and I, I think State kind of played their second worst game of the year before the bye week. So I think they got to buy at the perfect time where, you know, maybe they were looking ahead past Indiana a little bit and they just kind of, they, they kind of not mailed it in, but they, they did not play very well. And I think everybody knows that. So they got to look at the film from that. They got to study Michigan for two straight weeks. Like, Hey, we did this against Indiana. This cannot happen again, or we're going to lose. So I don't really buy into the rust. I think rust is always a good thing. And for Michigan State, too, like they might, who knows, they might get Drew Beasley back, so, someone that they desperately need um, for this game. So I don't buy into the rust. I think rust is good, but every coach treats the bye week differently. Connor, I 100% agree with you, especially on the Drew Beasley point, because he might play this week. Mm-hmm. That would be a massive addition to get him back. Because then you've got Potashuk and him on the outside. Huge. Uh, massive. Uh, I, I think he's actually going to play this week just based on everything that I've seen. Um, but, yeah, I agree with you. I think I think the bye came at the perfect time. You come off one of your worst games. Probably your that wasn't the worst game of the year. Nebraska was probably worse. But uh, this I think this is perfect timing for Michigan State because, like you said, they have a whole week to prepare um, and kind of shake off the mistakes they made. And th- there were a lot of them in the Indiana game. Uh but yeah, I think this is perfect timing. And then you had Peyton Thorne come off his worst game of the year. I, I I would be pretty surprised if he plays that bad again on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, he's. Uh, you know that he went right into the film room after that game and was like, okay, this like everything that I did, I have to do the exact opposite because he. I mean, other than that game, there was one half of another game this year that he looked bad. This was the only game that I thought that he looked like pretty bad the whole time. And it wasn't even just his fault. I think it was just the whole offense. The whole offense was just not in sync. The defense stepped up, which was actually good to see. That was a that was a huge positive from that one. But like the whole offense was just not in sync. And I think this extra week to get everybody back on the same page is huge. Yeah, and uh, speaking to that, I, MSU had uh, they had a lot of issues with uh, penalties. They, you mentioned it earlier, the, the last game, and I think that's going to get cleaned up. There's been special teams, false starts, illegal illegal procedures all season. Um, I would be kind of surprised if that's a thing that happens in this game because I think that they're going to be really focused for this one. And you mentioned they probably were, to an extent, looking ahead to Michigan. Uh, Xavier Henderson mentioned it after the game. He was like, yeah, we've been thinking about Michigan for a little while. So, yeah, I think that's that's a that's a fair point. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how much – time is between you and the Michigan game if there's games in front of that Michigan game that you feel like you're going to win no matter what or you should win no matter what you're going to be looking ahead like I'm I'm shocked that the Rutgers game was so lopsided because I, I was worried about that game too I was like they're going to be looking ahead to Michigan already 
but they took care of business. And then it was the Indiana game that almost caught them up. I told Tim, I've, I said this on the pod, uh, I thought they were going to go one and one in those two games. Yeah. And I was thankfully wrong. Uh, MSU is, like we've said, just exceeded, exceeded everybody's expectations. Same can be said for Michigan. I, I am just shocked that we're getting a top 10 matchup <laughs> coming to town on Saturday. I never thought in my wildest dreams this would happen this year. Year two of L. Tucker, just insane to think about. Yeah, this uh, nobody expected this, and I think that if you're if you're a Michigan State fan, you're excited. If you're a Michigan fan, you're you kind of mixed feelings because you don't want Michigan State to be that good. But it is good for both sides that both teams are good. Yeah, I'll take this any year over a game last year where yeah. both I mean both teams. I mean we didn't, we didn't know both teams were going to be terrible last year, but where both teams just wound up being god awful. Yuck. Uh, yeah, wasn't. I mean, it was fun for me for that one week, but the whole season was definitely not fun. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. So we're right. going to move into uh, the meat, the good stuff, right? Um, we're going to do hot takes first. Um, this is where we get to have a little fun. Um, you can have some off-the-wall predictions if you want. Um, I would say one really good starting spot is uh, – well, obviously, we know Michigan, their strength on offense is their run game. That's just no mystery to anyone. Um, and then I would say, it, in my opinion, which is not you know the best opinion in the world, but I would say you would probably favor the long passes for Michigan State. Um, and so that, that leads me to the weather. You know, it's going to be cold. That's never great for a, a quarterback, from what I understand. There could be a little bit of rain, a little bit of wet, um, maybe windy. This is a classic, you know, October game in East Lansing. Um, what do you guys think? And we could start with Ryan and go the opposite way. How does that affect, you know, does that favor the running team? Do you think that the better quarterback, in quote, um, is going to, do better in the worst weather. I mean, you guys are the more experienced football guys. What do you guys think? I think that it favors the running team. So I think Michigan's MSU can run the ball too, but this is the toughest off uh, defensive line they faced all year. So this is just completely different compared to like playing like say uh, Western Kentucky or something like that. So, but I think that it does favor Michigan to an extent uh, in the running game. And I, I think Thorne is going to be fine. I think he'll have a solid game. But uh, if the weather is like 12 to 15 mile an hour winds, like it says it's supposed to be, uh, I think that would favor Michigan to an extent. Yeah, I agree with that. I think the weather, if, if it is a little windy, you're not going to see those deep throws that State has liked to run this year. I think they have, what, five 60-plus yard throws or something like that. I think we'll see a lot of – shorter passes from Thorne, which I also kind of want to see. I want to see a lot of play actions so where he can utilize the uh, the shorter routes and, and get the ball out quick before the defense is on him. I think we need to see a lot of play actions. I think Connor Hayward's going to be a big part of the game um, in the short passing game. Uh, but, yeah, I, I would agree. I think the run game is going to take center stage if, that, if the weather is kind of windy and, and gloomy like that. But I also don't think it's going to be a huge game changer. I don't think it's going to change – the game plan all that much if it was like pouring rain yeah like you'll you'll see a complete game plan change but i don't think you know a little wind and and a cold brisk air is gonna change what michigan state wants to run go ahead don um 
honestly, if uh, yeah, you see, it's like in the um, low fifties with wind. It reminds me of the twenty eleven game that I was at, where you got uh, where you had the super long grass where you kept that hard for running too crazy and such, and and you all had a really hard nose, you know, downhill offense with Edwin Baker and and Le'Veon Bell and, and Kirk Cousins and all that. Um, so if it's that kind of game, I think of course the favorite was the running team, which is Michigan. Um, yeah, I, I think um, yeah. I, yeah, it's um. I, so I think it's of course you want the track to be as fast as possible, and to be calm as possible. If you if you are dependent on the the of course the home run balls, as I call it on Twitter, the passing plays, you know. So you you want it to be as calm as possible. Hmm. So Don, when you see Michigan State, and yeah, I've seen the tweets. It, Twitter's yeah. fun. <laughs> Twitter's fun, right? because yeah, people was what happens is only at two hundred forty characters. People right. kind of ascribe, ascribe their own meaning to it, then make assumptions, and then the tribalistic, yeah, yeah, Don's fat, he's an idiot, you know. You y'all see it too. I mean, I'm not trying to, to troll. I was just, it was just an observation, but go ahead. Well, you, as, um, as, but yeah, uh, by the way, Don, I, I don't think you're fat or hideous. <laughs> um, I, I, am, I am fat and working on it, but thank you, though. Anyway, you know well, I'm go glad on. to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. Um, when you see this and you watch Michigan every week, are are they giving up these plays? I mean, do you do you envision that this is a possibility? Knowing your defense, the scheme, the quarter cornerbacks, um, do you think it's a possibility? I mean, obviously, people who are watching Michigan State film, they know that they might run a flea flicker, <laughs> they might you know try you just with the legs of Naylor. Um, Reed is always going to be a guy that you have to watch out for. I mean, is this something that you uh, think that Michigan State could hurt them with? Absolutely. I, I'd, be, I'd be foolish to say they couldn't. Um, but at the same time, Michigan doesn't have the propensity to give up. Michigan doesn't have the propensity to give up a ton of big plays. I mean, the run at Northwestern, that was an aberration. I mean, they, they, just, they just fell asleep. They were kind of lackadaisical because they were so dominant, and then they got bit. I, I don't pursue them being lackadaisical at any point in that game because they won't have any if you, if, you, if you fall asleep on one play against Michigan State the um, victory for Matthews is playing by the Martian band you know what I'm saying <laughs> so yeah so yeah of course they can but I don't see that I, I don't see that being a trend um, uh, Michigan State I don't think Michigan State will be getting a ton of big plans against Michigan I I just don't see that happening. I'm not saying one or two won't happen, but I don't see it being like we can't stop you and you're just running gangbusters. I don't see that. So it's going to be very, very important for Michigan State to sustain drives, get first downs, and keep that defense off the field because Michigan is going to sustain drives at some point. And you don't want your defense being too tired at the end of the game when it matters most when they may need to stop, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, now – Let's move a little to the hotter side of the takes. Okay. Um, I'm going to give you guys all an opportunity. Um, if, if you want to throw out some sort of hypothetical prop bet even, or, okay. uh, you know, I think this guy is going to go off for this or that. Um, we could start with you, Don, and go to okay. Connor and Ryan. Um, right. let's, give, let's go hot takes. And this is a safe space. Um, <laughs> yeah. If you turn yeah, out to be I'm... wrong – 
then you just turned out to be wrong. Nobody, no, none of us, none of us in this are gonna wind up going on Twitter ripping you. I'm taking notes. So whoever says it's all, it's all good. I'm also gonna put my life savings on any prop bet. So please be careful. (laughs) Okay, go ahead, Don. Can I do? Can I do one for each team? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Well, I'll start with um, I'll start with Michigan State. I believe if Michigan State is plus three in turnovers, they win. Okay, I think that, plus, I think fair. if they're plus three, they're because they're going to need to turn Michigan over and find ways to. If they're plus three in turnovers, they're likely going to win because likely those turnovers are coming a short field, and then which will set up one of those trick down up those doggone trick plays and flea flickers and you know. Yeah, so yeah, I think that. And then on the Michigan side, of course, barring you know no crazy turnover and such, if Michigan averages four yards a carry, they're going to win the game. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Now, four to y- be clear, I don't. I want to cut you off. You're saying if Michigan State is plus two or less, you think Michigan wins? Is that kind of what you're implying? Not saying that. No, I'm saying I'm guaranteeing a Michigan State win. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. I, th- I think we could all agree with that. Yeah. I think that. Yeah. I think that's kind of a good bet on, on most games. But yeah. yeah. Um, and then go ahead with your your four yards of carry. You can. Yeah. And with mi- yeah, and four yards because that's that's the magic number for Michigan's averaging almost six this year. It's like five point five, five point four, five point four four, I believe. Um. So. And the thing about it is, Cade McNamara is averaging seven, eight yards. Um, you know, yeah, seven, eight yards, um, a, a pop, and then of course you get the five yard average. So basically, Cade is going to get Michigan in the second and third and short situations, which mean, and of course with the five yards to carry, with the way that Haskins runs, with the way that Corum runs. I think that's going to vote well for Michigan, moving the change of being able to really control the clock. Because I'm, I'm not saying they can't, so don't don't quote me on it, but I'm very dubious to Michigan State's ability with their offensive line to sustain long drives consistently. Which mean, but Michigan can, and I think if, if Michigan State's not sustaining long drives, and Michigan is, you know, kind of moving the chains like that, that defense can, that Michigan State defense, that front, which is very formidable. Uh, can get tired, and you don't want to be too tired when you need to make stops, you know, to possibly end to, to seal the game or save the game. If that makes that, sense? Yeah, I, Michigan State, to point out, has done really good. Has been really good this year, conditioning wise, compared to what they have in the past with this new strength and conditioning program. Like you saw in the Miami game. Oh yeah, Dude, that yeah, was yeah, that yeah. was yes. so impressive. Yeah, that absolutely was impressive. That, that's one thing where I think Michigan State might have an advantage is the way they've been able to uh, play later in the game and not get tired. That, yeah. that's, I, I, I haven't watched enough Michigan to know for sure, uh, but I think that that's, what, uh, that's one place where I know Michigan State's going to be very good. Late yeah, in the I'm, game, being conditioned, being able to uh, do well late in the game. I'm not saying, I'm, I'm not saying you know, thanks. Tired, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. Or sucking wind, but what I'm saying is, it's kind of like in boxing. I, I love using sports metaphors. If y'all don't know, y'all already know. Um, like in boxing, you got your hands up and you're punching and punching. You may, if you're if you're throwing a lot of punches, taking a lot of body blows, eventually those hands may not, those hands won't go down to your waist, 
those hands go down to your chest and it opens up for you up to, you know, get the knockout punch. And that's what I'm trying to indicate. But okay. I know Michigan, I know Michigan State is we're gonna get a relentless effort. Um they're like we're gonna get we're gonna get a relentless effort from the four course. I know that and I'm prepared for it. But I'm just saying if those hands drop just a little bit, that can mean that can mean the ball game, if that makes sense. Okay. I got you. Makes sense. Okay, cool. I can go off of Don's plus three turnover thing. I honestly think whoever wins the turnover battle, even if it's plus one, is going to win the game. I agree. Mm. I don't. I don't think you'll need a three turnover difference. Like, obviously, if, if it's three turnovers, then yeah, you're definitely winning the game. But I think if you have, if if let's say State has two turnovers and Michigan has three, I think State has the game. Um, I think it's going to be one of those games where like almost every single you know, mistake is going to be felt in the end. Um, we talk about offense and defense. I think my hot take is going to be that a special teams play is going to flip the flip the momentum in this game. It's either going to be a, a, a punt return or a kick return or even just like pinning a team deep in their own territory that they just can't get out of for the rest of the game. It's going to be something like that that kind of flips the, the whole momentum in a certain direction. I think, yeah, field position is going to play a huge part in this game. But um, I would say, I think if Kenneth Walker runs for at least 100 yards and it's not on, like, 30 carries, it's on, like, 20-ish, 25, I think Michigan State is going to win the game. Yeah. Oh. I, I think uh, that, uh, that means that Michigan State's offensive line is getting a push. And if they're yeah. getting a push, I think they're going to win. Yeah, I kind that's... of agree. Sorry, Don. I, I kind of agree. Right. Like, in my head, I'm thinking – the team that makes the most mistakes, which is the, you could say this in any game, but I think they're so well matched that the team that, that really makes the most mistakes is going to be the team that ends up taking the L. And, um, you know, there could be penalties in that. You know, we saw it with Michigan State. And then special teams, I think, is a really great one to point out because let's be honest, our kicker hasn't been the most reliable um, guy this year, and I have no idea about Michigan's kicker. He's I good. Mean, He's I've, really good. He's really good. Money so, Moody. Yeah. So you, you've got one guy entering in. He's calling him money. And <laughs> we've got uh, Coughlin who, you know, he can be money. He was in the, the last game. I think they won the game because of him. They did. Against IU. But, they did. Um, you know, in a windy day, um, I think that you could see this come down to a kick and it could be the one who, who has a better day that ends up getting the win for his team. And then of course, punting is important, but um, you know, how many mistakes do the rest of the special teams guys make? Let's say Reed has a big return, but it comes back for a block in the back. I mean, that's something that I am actually worried about just because of <laughs> the last week. Now, I don't know if that's really a hot – any of this is a hot take, but I would say my hot take is just what I said before. I think that this comes down to a field goal, and your better kicker when their team wins the game. That's my hot take. Oh, I, hope you're, I hope you're wrong. I hope you're wrong because <laughs> that means we're probably not winning. <laughs> I love Coughlin, but, yeah, he's – He's been up and down. I, I for think... a sixth year, for a sixth year guy, you, you gotta be making more than what he, he's making. He hits the clutch ones though. He's had he's had yeah, a few he celebrations does. in his day, so he I, does. I gotta give him credit for that. But 
and he's I think the Indiana game was his best game, right? Like he hit two forty nine and a fifty one, right? And a fifty one, yeah. I mean, hey, maybe that puts him on the right track. I hope so. Yeah, you know, he's he's and he did make a big field goal in the Michigan game last year. It was like a fifty yarder. Mm-hmm. So and, I mean, and, he's he he I, he's hit or miss. That's the thing with him, man. I, I don't. Whenever he's kicking the ball, I have to look away because I have no <laughs> idea if he's going to make it or not. They never look super ugly though. They're always pretty. You know, they they. Leave you on the edge of your seat until they miss, you know. Unless it's the one against what was it, the Rutgers game where oh, I missed that thirty-five yeah. yarder. Yeah. <laughs> Burned that one from my memory. Yeah, he, get, I, he got iced like three twice times, and then like a fake ice. Yeah, that, that made weird. me hate Siano so much. Oh my god, man! <laughs> three, three ices. Oh. <laughs> um, I yeah, basically, like I just really see this as such a close game. But now I kind of want to move into the narratives. Um, you've got one big one. Michigan State is home. Um, we've seen this rivalry kind of flip-flop the, you know, I don't know what the number is, but the home team has been losing. Um, I don't know if that's just coincidence. I don't know if there's what I would say more to lose. So let's talk about that. Which team has more to lose? Which team is dreading? more than the other, the possibility of walking out of there without an L. Now, you could say it's the home team, and maybe that is the reason that that's been how it goes. But um, let's take the the home environment into account. Which team do you think is more afraid to lose this game? Who has more on the line? Now, they both have a lot on the line. Let's get that straight. But there could be, you know, some feelings inside when it comes to – you know, we're going to get destroyed on Twitter or, you know, this or that. No. <laughs> oh, my. Of course, Michigan was predicted to have the better game or, sorry, a better season. Now, Michigan State was four and a half wins in Vegas. You could sit here and say they're playing with house money. You know, they everybody was counting them out. But I don't know if, you know, they're being counted out exactly at, now at seven and oh. But what's the line at right now? Does four anybody, is it five? and a half, I think. Four and a half. Michigan. You gotta, you gotta think that these kids in the year 2021, they know what the line is, and you have to think that a home Michigan State team wouldn't really love the idea that they are the underdogs, and that's why Ryan, what do we love on this podcast? Home dogs. We love home dogs. Now that's betting, though. That's covering spreads. That's not winning games. So, go ahead, Don, and then Connor. What do you think? Who has more to lose here? Oh my God! It's Michigan. It's clearly Michigan. I mean, right now you—I mean, this is this is Mel's first year, full year at Michigan State, and this is Harbaugh's year seven. Um, everyone thought Harbaugh was going to be fired or leave in the off season, and everyone like made fun of uh, Ward Manuel and, and company for for re-signing him, you know, to and have the salary. Oh, you you just don't have anybody else, and it sucks and all that, <laughs> um, but. But the thing is, he's turning it around. Like the 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 barking has quieted. And and the thing about it, they brought Jim Harbaugh. The expectation was to win the Big Ten championship and compete for national titles, and that hasn't materialized. I mean, she's gotten close to breaking through, but hasn't materialized. And now in year seven, you know, your the team's finally showing promise. At the but the thing is, at the first sign of something going wrong, everybody is going to freak out. Even if we mm-hmm. lose by one point, everyone is going to freak out. If Michigan State loses, hey, you can you all uh, it's gonna suck because you all hate losing to Michigan and Michigan Twitter is going 
is going to get on that behind. I know that's going to happen. Um, but at, after the after the wave of you know the, the the trolling tweets and all that and the back and forth post game, you be like, "Hey y'all, this is Mel's first year. We're seven yeah. and one. Right. We got a chance. We still we're still mathematically in the Big Ten race, and we're likely going to go to a New Year's Six bowl game this year." And you, and you all gonna feel better about yourselves, and you're gonna be like, and, and we also got, and we also got an additional home game next year. We'll get them next year, and you'll be able to 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 live with that. And then basketball season's on the. I mean, you'll if we lose to you guys, even though Michigan is not going to destroy the season, it's going to it's going to destroy the confidence. It's going to just every every ounce of goodwill that this team has built this year is going to be expunged. It's going to just go up and smoke, and yeah, it's going to be a meltdown that you all would would, would if it happens. Enjoy, it's, you know. So yeah, yeah. I I don't think there's any doubt that all the pressures on Michigan in this one, like like you said, Tim. That I mean, we're playing with house money right now. Like nobody nobody thought they were going to be seven and zero. Nobody thought they were going to be five and zero. Um, Vegas had them at four and a half wins. I mean, whoever made that bet, whoever cashed in on that already, like, kudos to you. I missed out on that one. Um, but, yeah, M- Michigan, you look at it this way. The head coach of the losing team this weekend, who is going to receive the most flat? Mel Tucker loses. Okay, you're one-on-one against Michigan. This is your first full year. You are building something good. Jim Harbaugh loses to Michigan State. It's the same same thing, different year. You know, like you you have all this promise. Jim Harbaugh has never had a problem winning nine or ten games. That's never been the issue. That's not why he's under under fire. You know, he can win those games that he's supposed to win. It's the games like this that he struggles with. The top ten road environment, underdog. Well, I guess they're not underdog. Top ten road environment, um, rivalry game. So he. Way more than Mel Tucker needs this one. Michigan State knows that Michigan is feeling all the pressure in this one. And I don't think I don't think anybody can really argue that Michigan doesn't need this more. You know, Mich- Michigan State is playing with house money. Michigan is almost playing for Jim Harbaugh's job because if they, if they lose this one, they lose to Ohio State ten and two with losses to Michigan State and Ohio State. That's not going to cut it anymore. Like that's we learned last year or two years ago. That's that's just not going to cut it. So. I think that 100% all the pressure is on Harbaugh and Michigan in this one. I think we're going unanimous on this. It's it's not even close. Um, Michigan needs this game more than Michigan State does in a program uh, way. It's, uh, Harbaugh came into this year kind of on the hot seat. And like you said, 10-2 against Michigan State uh, with the losses to Michigan State and uh, Ohio State is just not going to cut it. They, Michigan fans are not going to be happy if they lose this game. They, 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 I know they, they hate Ohio State more probably than Michigan State, but I think that Michigan fans, Don, you might disagree with me, but this is just my personal opinion. I think Michigan fans hate losing to Michigan State more than they hate losing to Ohio State uh, because they have to deal with most of the people in the state have to deal with Michigan State fans every day. A lot of not, not maybe not you, Don, but a lot of Michigan fans view Michigan State as inferior. Um, and they don't accept win. They don't accept losses to Michigan State very well. Uh, Honestly, and- I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you. I do not disagree with you at all. 
I hate losing to y'all. Like, like here's a funny, here's funny. I, I don't care. I, I'll share this story. If like whatever, like when I was growing up and teenage years and into young adult years, whatever, you know. Of course, you're, you're chasing girls. You had a girl you like. You're trying to get her, and then you and then you turn up. You put on Facebook and you see she's booed up with somebody else. <laughs> you know, it's the worst feeling in the world. And automatically, I would play the Michigan State fight song in my head when that when I would see that. <laughs> it would be something very unfortunate happened. So, Times so, have yeah. changed, John. Yeah, it, it has. I'm I'm doing a lot better with the ladies today now. But, you know, <laughs> but but back then I was I was I was very socially awkward. But but you get the point. But yeah, I I, I hate it. Uh, yeah, we hate losing to y'all. Yeah, I yeah, thought. I, I, I'm 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 glad that you agreed with me that somebody agreed with me on that because I I feel like most Michigan State fans think that I'm happy to hear somebody that's a Michigan fan actually agree with me on that because I have not heard it very often, but uh, yeah I I think that Harbaugh needs this game like you cannot this is a he isn't one I'll give him credit he beat Wisconsin on the road Wisconsin is mad this year they're not very good they're not what they're usually what they usually are but he did win a road game that he was an underdog you know I'll give him credit for that but this is a rivalry game. He's had trouble with these games, I guess. This is one you have to win if you're him, in my opinion. You can't yeah. lose this game. And Mel Tucker is playing with house money. He, yeah. I mean, if you lose this game, yeah, I'm going to be pissed off. I'm not going to be happy about it, but I will be able to live with it. I'm not going to be calling for the guy's head if he loses this game. He's done a great job so far, and it's his year two, and he's got them in the top ten. I can't really complain if they lose this game. Yeah, I didn't mean to lob up a easy make Michigan State look good question, but you know you do have to consider that um, some of these transfers on Michigan State they they might not really appreciate this rivalry like you know maybe the people on this podcast, um, and then there's a little bit of the uh, last year the bad taste in Michigan's mouth. They want to come in in front of a whole sea of green. And make all of these people sad and go home, you know, depressed that they spent this money and all this excitement and watch their team lose at home. And you got to think the guys in the locker room are afraid of that, too. Um, and, you know, maybe it is a coincidence that these home teams are losing. But, you know, last year was you could call it home. It was not in front of a lot of people, but um you know, I do think that 7-0 and Michigan State probably does have a little bit of pride that they are going to be afraid of the idea of their rival winning in East Lansing, packed, one of the biggest matchups of our lifetimes between this rivalry. Um, and so there's got to be something there, in my opinion. Now, I all that being said, I totally agree with you guys, like – Mel Tucker falling to one and one in a, you know, after his first year being in a pandemic, there is a lot less on the line for him. Um, and Ryan, do you have that, that thing I asked for you? The, I um, do. Go ahead and list. We're going to list the stars. Um, I'm putting air quotes on that of each team because I think, and I, I don't want to assume, but I, I'm pretty sure Michigan is the more, um, talented team on paper. Um, go ahead, list that for me, Ryan. All right, so MSU has zero five stars on their roster. Uh, they have 10 four stars and 68 three stars. And a lot of those four stars 
came from transfers. So they're not – a lot of them aren't D'Antonio holdovers. Uh-huh. Uh, Michigan has three five-stars, 41 four-stars, and 36 three-stars. So they have done – yes, a lot of this has to do with D'Antonio's recruiting to an extent, but Michigan is more talented on paper in this game, I guess, if you want to call it that. And, yeah, you probably do see um, – I mean, like you guys said, Jim Harbaugh has had success – like for some schools, he would be killing it, right? It's just it's not he's not winning the specific games, right? He's not winning the ones that you the fan base wants him to win, namely Ohio State. Um, and then I believe he's three and three against Michigan State, right? Yes, three and three. Okay, so it's been a little bit even against Mel Tucker. It's just you know year two that has time to sort of develop, but you have to think that there is also an element on the flip side of Michigan State guys saying, you know, they're not that much better than us. They got all this, um, you know, all the media, they've got all these stars, but, you know, we're, we're just as good and, you know, we want to show them. So obviously this, these are all narratives, but, you know, coming from a former athlete, I'm sure you guys played sports too. Yeah. Like, when you come into a game with a mental edge, you play differently. Thing, things like that matter. Now, when it comes to a team that's much more talented than, than you, um, i.e. in Alabama and Ohio State, talent, talent wins. Yeah. But stars don't – they don't directly translate to talent. That's not, it's not that simple. Um, so I think that there's some interesting – edges on both sides and you know i kind of whisked by it michigan has a reason to want to spoil michigan state's day and not like feeling that we need to win this game they beat them last year there's guys on that roster that lost as big favorites and um i don't think you're gonna you know have a whole team of guys saying we're supposed to win i think that they're more than ever, I think you can expect Michigan to take this one extremely seriously for very obvious reasons. Um, so that was kind of like a, a narrative session. Um, you know, we did our hot takes. Um, we're going to go into the finale of this because we've been running. We've had a good conversation. But we've run in a little long. Um what do we see playing out? Now, before this all starts, I have to just put a disclaimer. We got three Michigan State guys <laughs> and one Michigan guy. People listening to this, if it turns out to be we pick Michigan State, Don picks Michigan, they're going to roll their eyes. They're going <laughs> to say, why did we, we even listen to this last bit? So, you know, if that happens, sorry. But um, go ahead, Ryan, and then Connor and Don, and I'll, I'll finish at the end. And we're, we're picking the winner. Um, okay. Not the spread. All right. So I've I've said all year, all off season, that Michigan State's going to win this game. I I am sticking with that. I think Michigan State's going to win this game, like twenty four to twenty one or or something like that. I think it's going to be a lower scoring game, but I think Michigan State's going to win. You almost took my exact score prediction. I think I think State's going to win, and I think it's going to be kind of like a defensive battle. Um, maybe even like first to 10 wins, but I think it's going to be like a 24, 20, 
or maybe even like a 20 to 17 type of game. Um, and I think state wins, but honestly, this could go either way. I feel good about state right now. I'm, I'm going, I'm sticking with them. Man, I thought we were saving our podcast. I think saving it for our podcast, man, but I guess now, um, I think, like I said, I think either team can win. Uh, so I'm not, so definitely not suggesting anything, but, um, I really, really like Michigan. I, I, I believe Michigan's front seven is going to is going to make Peyton Thorne's life hell. I, I believe that. I think just with a different looks, different settings. Not Don Brown's defense anymore. Um, I think they'll be able to give them different looks, get different different pressures and such. And I, I, I don't, I don't think Mich- it comes down to the trench play. I don't think Michigan's, I don't think Michigan State's defensive line can. Can um, how do I say it? Can sustain drive? I think Michigan's can. I think it'll be a close game throughout. Um, I I got Michigan. I think it'll be a close game throughout, but I think Michigan scored a touchdown late to make it a two possession win. So I got Michigan. So I got Michigan winning. Uh, I, I think they'll win by multiple scores, but so I'm saying that's a minimum of nine points. I'm not saying it's going to be we're going to win fifty to two. You know what I'm saying? I think it's going to be. A very close game, very competitive one, but I think it's going to come down to the trenches. I think Michigan will win, will win the net battle of the trenches, and I believe that'll be the difference in the game. Okay, um, I think Ryan and Connor are going to be disappointed in me, but I have to say, Ryan, back me up. I'm usually very objective when we, you know, approach these things. Right. I, I approach this the same way I approach any game. I kind of look at the, the, the schedule. I look at, you know, maybe some of the scores, some the important games, Power 5. Um, I look at the pieces, and I'll be 100% honest. If it was a perfect day on Saturday, I'd be taking Michigan State all the way. The fact that it's going to be windy and wet worries me a lot. And um, honestly, I just have a gut feeling that Michigan is going to grind out a win. Um I, I might be using a little recency bias from that Indiana game. Peyton Thorne wasn't his sharpest. Um, you know, if we get to Saturday and it's a nice day, let's say I switch my pick. But I'm imagining cold, windy, wet, and uh, I think that the the overall machine of Michigan is going to squeak out. And then, you know, I already said it, the kicking game. And um, so I – I genuinely think in a windy day that that uh, Michigan is going to break our hearts. So, you know, I don't like saying that, but I'm I'm not going to sit here and lie. So, that's you're my new you're my new best friend, Connor. <laughs> you're bumped down to number two. <laughs> Listen, Ryan Ryan's going to give me hell for that one, but Ryan, you know, I always keep it real. So, yeah. we're not upset about it. You're just dead to us. <laughs> now that being said, it's all, it's all it's all good. Tim and I have got a we've got a second uh, segment, you know, to talk about. It, so. <laughs> yeah, where where he breaks up with me on air. Um, <laughs> no, I I hope that we freaking kill you guys, Don. I hope oh, that we Same get a thing. whole year of hundred to nothing, talking man. All yeah, sorts absolutely. Of and I am going to love every second of it if that happens, no yeah. doubt. I get but it. but I have to be honest. That bad went the bad weather. I, I don't love. You know, if we're going into a, a Miami day, I think we we could win by multiple touchdowns. 
Um, I think we got better, you know, explosive offensive pieces. But are we going to be able to use them? That's what I'm worried about. Yeah, and I and, and that's what concerns me. You know, the, I I think the game can be flipped on. My, my prediction can be flipped on its head yeah. if we're not able to get home and pressure thorn. I think that whole my, my prediction, you know, is in a lot of trouble. Takes a lot of water, but I think we will. That's the only. That's kind of the teetering point right there. I think Michigan offensively against their defense will do enough. And so that that's kind of where I'm coming from. But yeah, it, it can go either way. I, I'm not. I'm not saying I'm not here to say, oh, y'all suck. We're going to win. No, I'm just, yeah, I just have a feeling, and, and that's what I'm rolling with. No, no, no. I, I think that we all agree that this game is going to be close. I mean, oh, it's, yeah. not, oh, it's, yeah. not be a, it's not going to be a blowout where some team is going to go out in a 21 nothing lead in the first quarter or anything. I mean, it's going to be close. You know, I, I actually – sorry to cut you off. I actually think of this game so closely to 2015 where I can see Michigan kind of controlling – the direction of the game, but maybe some late mistake gives Michigan State the win. Not to take any credit from Michigan State, because let's remind people, Michigan State had the better day statistically in 2015. Um, I think they're just extremely matched up, uh, or well matched, and I've said it since, you know, I don't know how long. I, I think that this is going to be such a close game, and you just see the team with more mistakes going to come out and win so i hope that michigan just totally shits the bed and their kicker misses every kick and harbaugh <laughs> like gets ripped apart by the fans literally oh, like cool. actually limbs from limbs <laughs> but um you know I, it's just i've already said my bit go ahead connor if if michigan state loses and the weather is bad narratives are going to be pushed so, <laughs> so even if there's like a slight drizzle, we're calling it a monsoon. And if Michigan State offense can't move the ball, we're blaming the weather. That's all. That's all right. 20, so it's 2017 reversed. All right, I'm down. <laughs> oh, we have earned that. That's 100. Thank you for saying that, Connor. We're I'm basically going to win either way now. So. And 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 I, and I don't care. Y'all can say as much as you want. Oh, Y'all we can... didn't get. We didn't care 2017 either. So you know. I, I wouldn't was... have cared. I wouldn't have cared either, man. And the guys that's coming to our show tomorrow don't care. Didn't care at all, man. He, I, I don't know why, why you talk to that fool. We're working, man. He, he broke my heart. <laughs> he, like, dude, that, that game hurt me, man, for real. And it's, it's you, Lewerke. It's you making those doggone plays in the rain to move the chains. And, man, whatever. Hey, Don, do you miss him yet? <laughs> oh. He doesn't. I don't think I don't, he knows. He doesn't get the joke. He doesn't, joke. he doesn't get the joke. Let's no. just move on from that one. We got it. It's cool. <laughs> It's, it would be too much to explain. I'll fill him in tomorrow. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I, I really enjoyed having you guys on. I think that was a great discussion on the game. Um, I think I can speak for all of us that we're all excited. Oh, we're yeah. We're going to have a couple of dad pops, I think. <laughs> uh, and, um, you know, all I can say to uh, Connor and Ryan is go green. Go, go white. white. Go blue. Thanks for coming uh, on, Cut that part. Cut that part. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming right, guys. Thank you for yeah, having me. Thanks for coming. That was fun, man. Appreciate y'all. Absolutely. See ya. All right. All right, guys. Um, that was our friends from the podcast, Divided, um, Connor and Don. Um, I really enjoyed that conversation we had. Learned a lot about Michigan, too. Um, and I have to reiterate, you know, when we get to our picks, you'll see my record. I, I just going off what I feel. I hope we win by a hundred, 
I'm going to be in a Michigan State bar in Chicago for it. Unfortunately, I won't be in town. It's just really bad timing. But um, I want this to be a memory to last a lifetime. I know that Ryan knows that. Um, it's just I'm worried about the weather. And if if there is a God, <laughs> please make it a nice day. Because then my whole take is flipped. And I know I'm basing a lot on the weather, but... Um, you know, I just Thorns throws in that last Indiana game. It looked like it wasn't nearly as sharp. And, you know, that's kind of one of the edges that I had for Michigan State. So, anyway, um, don't hold it against me, Ryan. But, but you I can, mean, uh, I don't. You can chastise me if you want. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't necessarily disagree with some of the stuff you said. I I, th- I just think Michigan State's going to find a way to win. They like they have all season, um, right? I and I kind of feel that way too. It's just this will be the best team they play for sure. Yeah, right? oh for sure. Yeah, no no doubt. Um, I I do agree that I'm kind of nervous about Thorn throwing in that possible windy weather though. Like yeah. I, especially with I mean he his play is predicated on plays downfield, so. And Cade like is really doesn't... safe, but on the flip side, they might be in a dogfight where they need him to make a play that he can't. Because and that's what I'm that's what I'm banking on with this game. I I think the Michigan State is going to be able to. I don't know if they're going to be able to. They're not going to let him make a play downfield. Like I, I, I multiple big plays downfield. He might get one. I don't see him making like three or four. I, I just don't see that happening personally. Yeah, um, I. Again, we could say it all day. I think it's going to be a, a total, you know, it's going to be just a slugfest. And um, the tougher team, more disciplined, probably will end up winning. But um, we will have to wait and see on that, of course. Um, we're going to flip it to basketball real quick, and um, then we'll get to our picks. And I know a lot of people aren't really focused on basketball right now, so I'm not going to go too in-depth, but, you know, we we have mentioned Ty Rogers' name on this podcast. He had gotten when he switched over to Thornton High School, I believe is what it's called near Chicago. Or yeah, it's Chicago, right? Um, I, yeah, it's somewhere around there. It's in Illinois. A lot of people are thinking, ah, oh, he's going to Illinois. Seeing people on Twitter, yeah, it's pretty much done. Um, Michigan State's got to be mentioned. They are making a late push for him hard. They, you know, are trying to make it clear to him, and I don't know. You know, I haven't been keeping up. I don't know when he plans to make his decision. But if you see Michigan State come out in a year where they're picked sixth and just start rip-roaring, you know, beat Kansas number three ranked in front of the whole country, Champions Classic, Madison Square Garden. I mean, let's be real. These kind of things have impacts on recruiting. Kids love the team that had a good season last year. I mean, that's just how it goes. Um, So we've got to – Keep our eye on Ty Rogers would be a great uh, pickup for us. Braylon Green, um, he was supposed to have an official visit. Was it for this weekend? Yeah, he got moved in unofficial. Which would have been a great, you know, weekend, obviously. Especially, I, I a, guess, I guess his dad couldn't come or something like his that. His dad got COVID, and oh, you know, he wants the official to be like, oh, you know, all the bells and whistles, um, and so he's going to come anyway. And I think that's a good sign, like. This is a, a school he is, you know, seriously considering, of course. He wants his family to be there because he cares what they think, right? So you have to say that Michigan State has got to be one of his top picks. 
um, and I know I could be reading into this too much, but I really do think that you can think you can go and say that, you know, if you're saying I want my dad to be there for my official visit, that's not some school you don't care about. Right. Um, so, you know, take that with a grain of salt. But I do think that that's in play. And then, um, you know, Izzo had a presser last week. Um, I watched the whole thing. It ran very long for an Izzo presser. He's excited about football in the game. Um, there was a lot to take from there. Um, he's mentioned, you know, it's keeping up with the theme I've been saying all along. He thinks that this is going to be a good team. I just, he's basically spelling it out. He said it's going to be one of the better shooting teams he's had. Ryan, haven't I not been saying that? Um, yeah. He doesn't know who the leading scorer is. Is that a good thing? I don't know. But he said it like he said it like it was a good thing. And to to describe it, I would say he's saying the team is very unselfish. They've got a lot of guys with the scoring punch. They've got some new faces that could make waves. Um, you have no sort of you know, all the pressures on one guy, Aaron Henry type. Where Aaron Henry, I mean, he was one of my favorite Spartans ever. I loved the guy. But by the end of the season, it was literally like, Aaron, save us. And guess what? That becomes a pretty easy um, formula to figure out on the other side for the other team. So, um, you know, I think that we are going to have to wait and see how that goes. But that's going to be an interesting dynamic. Um, he Something I wrote down when I saw it, he said, let's face it. Joey Hauser was disappointing. That's what he said. But, and you could say all you want, you know, I think that his defensive problems aren't going to go away. I think that you're never going to see him be this sort of lockdown, um, very reliable defensive guy. Um, he kind of gets eaten alive, to be honest. If I'm going off his one year at Michigan State, which was in a pandemic, but he did have that year to prep. So, um, the one thing is, is Joey, he can shoot better than he did. I mean, that's just a fact. He shot significantly better at Marquette. Really, like, minutes dropped at Michigan State, was not getting good service. You could tell that he wanted, you know, he was kind of had the jitters almost. Like, he wanted to impress, but was kind of trying too hard, especially when he'd try to drive and almost get stripped every time. Like, that's not his game. With the point guard and shooters to spread the floor you're gonna find joey open and i think when you saw when you see him but when i saw him in the scrimmage he's just looking more relaxed and the kid's got a a pretty jumper man and you put him on the court with some of those other shooters they're going to be an extremely good shooting team um and then lastly i wrote that uh, izzo said they're pushing the ball 10 times better than last year he's really been giving praise to Hogard in that respect. But, I mean, I've seen it with my own eyes. Tyson Walker, if, if Hogard's better at pushing the ball than Tyson Walker, they're going to be freaking good. Because Tyson Walker, it was like he was born to play in this Michigan State system. Um, it's just the exact type of guy that you want. Pushing the ball, finding shooters, pass first, can finish on his own. Um, I mean, I all of the things he's saying, Izzo, are matching up with what I have seen and what I think will happen. Um, 
So you've got to be excited about this team. And you can tell Izzo is excited. Now, I did a little bit of a a tiny little deep dive. I, I guess it wouldn't be deep. A shallow dive. Um, in the last three tournaments, and mind you, three years ago, the last three tournaments were four years ago because we had a lost tournament in there. But three years ago, they moved the line back, the three-point line. Um, you're seeing an, this have an effect on the game. There's spacing. Um, you know, you've seen a drop across the board in three-point percentage. And I think that you could argue that three-point percentage has never been more important than now. Ryan, I took a look at the last three uh, tournaments, the three-point percentage over the course of the season, not in the tournament itself, but over the course of the season, all of those Final Four teams. And I took a look at their three-point percentage. Guess what, Ryan? The best three-point shooting team of the four won every single time. And this is just a smaller sample size, but oh, offense is driving college basketball. I did a little bit of a, a little research a couple years ago. I put it on Reddit where you're seeing that you have to have good defense to win, but it's the explosive offensive basketball teams that are actually winning national championships. Um, last year, for instance, the best shooting team in the country from behind the arc won the national championship. That was Baylor. They were number one on Ken Palm for their three-point percentage. So that's not like some sort of algorithm or formula. That's literally, they were the best three-point shooting team, period. Um, and, and again, you're, I, you're seeing it play out um, across the conference itself. In the last five years, in the Big Ten, Ryan, either first or second best three-point shooting team in the conference um, hung a banner. So let me repeat that. One of the top two three-point shooting teams in the conference over the past five years was hanging a Big Ten regular season championship. That's not a coincidence. They're worth more points than any other basket. If you're doing it the best, I mean, it's not like this is rocket science, but you're seeing clear correlations here. Defense wins championships. Yeah, you have to be good defensively. There's no doubt about it. You have to. But then you have to also be a great offensive team. And we aren't in the 80s, 70s anymore where you can you know, put out a monster big man and just kind of dominate inside. That's over. Um, the game is really going um, out on the wings. A um, lot more attempts than in years past. And this Michigan State team is going to be a good three-point shooting team. Now, I tweeted this, so if you follow me, you saw. I just did a little bit of an exploration using the same um, uh, process for each team in the conference in Big Ten to predict how good they would be three-point shooting. Um, I could go into it, but it was objective. I used it no matter what, each team the same way. And my – and I swear this is true – what I came with was the top two teams this year that I predict in a very rudimentary process are going to be Michigan and Michigan State at both at 
0.1%. Now, my process was probably undercutting, but um, just based on how I did it. But, I mean, I don't think that there's any um, sort of coincidence there. Michigan was a great three-point shooting team. Um, they're bringing in a five-star freshman, supposed to be a good shooter. Michigan State, the same. Going to have some better shooters on the floor. And I think that you can look at that and say, Michigan State, are they going to win the conference? No, but are going to be good. I'm re- I'm just very sure of it, and I'm going to sound like a broken record, but um, when I'm going to go to the Fair State exhibition tomorrow, get my eyes on these guys, see who's starting, who's playing more, and um, – you know, I'm very excited to see what they're going to bring. So that's what I really had for basketball. Um, it's an exciting time. I hope that Michigan State wins on Saturday because that's just going to bring all of the buzz and excitement onto the court at Breslin, too, I think. Um, so do you want to go into picks, Ryan? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Last week. Ryan went two and three. I went four and one. Had a good week. I, only one I lost was Michigan covered twenty three and a half points, uh, barely. But so uh, Ryan's at thirty one two and thirty one. He's completely five hundred. I am at thirty eight two and twenty four. So I'm doing exceptionally well for for the standards of you know betting. Unfortunately, I haven't actually been betting all of these, but. Um, We're going to start off with Wisconsin, minus three at Iowa. No, it's at Camp Randall, sorry. They're three-point favorites against Iowa. This is an interesting line. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, I think uh, I'm going to pick Iowa to cover this. I I think it might win straight up. I I just – Wisconsin, Rambers is terrible. Um, I know Iowa just – they're coming off a bye – uh, and they lost to Purdue, but I think that uh, I think I was gonna actually straight up win this game. Okay, yeah, I I think that I was a better team, but Wisconsin's been kind of rolling so far. Um, all right, not so far. Sorry, in the last couple of weeks, they've kind of you know improved. I should say I'm gonna take Iowa as well. Okay. Um, Maryland, five-and-a-half-point favorites over Indiana. Another interesting one. What do you think? Indiana's down to, like, their third or fourth street quarterback. Give me Maryland. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah. Good, a good bit there. And where's this game? At, uh, in College Park. Yeah, I'm going to ride with you. Okay, Minnesota, seven-and-a-half-point favorites over Northwestern. This is, I think this is at, this is in Evanston. I'm still going to pick Minnesota. Okay, yeah, I mean, Northwestern's just been a doormat. I'm going to ride with you again. I just, I mean, it's hard to pick Northwestern for anything. Um, Nebraska, seven and a half point favorites over Purdue. This is in, Lincoln. this is a, a Nebraska home game? Yes. What do you think? I'm going to take the Cornhuskers to win and buy seven and a half, buy more than than seven and a half points. They're going to score a half point. They're going to score a half point. Yeah. <laughs> so you're picking a push. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> you know, 
Purdue is a hard one for me to read. Like, are they good? I don't know. No, are they? they're not. Like, they just had like the one upset in them. Yeah, David Bell went off against Iowa for the third straight time. That's what tends to happen. I'll say this. Nebraska, their fans show up and show out, like just almost no matter what. So that place is probably going to be rocking. Um, I'm going to go with them as well. We're totally in agreement so far. Don't love that. Uh, Ohio State, <laughs> 18 and a half point favorites over Penn State. So I think Penn State's checked out. Uh, James Franklin had a presser today. He said, or he was asked about the USC job, and he said, I'm focused on Illinois this week. And they're obviously not playing Illinois. Uh, I'm going to take Ohio State to cover the spread. I don't think this game's going to be close at all. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> oh, gosh. I did not hear that or see that. That's so funny. Um, this is a lot of points, though, and it, and it well, has what's been a very close back and forth over past years, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ohio State's won most of the games recently. I think they won three straight, maybe four. This is the last. I think of the, Penn State won in 2016. That might be the last time they beat them, but these games are always close. I'm going to go with my gut. You said Ohio State, right? Yeah. I'm just – I think that's kind of a lot of points for a team that – it's not like Penn State's bad, but you think they've checked out. I'm just going to say that they get up for this because I know that they do care about this game a lot. Um, so I'm just going to differ with you there. Penn State just the cover, of course. I think Ohio State's going to win probably by, you know – 14 plus. Um, okay. Now, we've already picked this game. Michigan, Michigan State. But, we're picking the spread. And, you know, you've already said Michigan State is going to win. So, I've got you down. Correct? Yes. Easy. I've said it's going to be close. I think that Michigan State covers. And, for a team that could win straight up and is at home I think this is a terrific bet um, four and a half points for Michigan State and I, I hope that you know they do win straight up but I do think that they cover um, it's a weird line and you know Vegas does have this is a fact Vegas they have different sort of lines when it re, uh, regards Michigan because they know that the money that comes in on Michigan is different than other teams, okay? So um, sometimes their lines are kind of hanging out there for Michigan fans. Um, think, you know, home dogs, you got to like you gotta like this pick right here. So we're going to pretty much be in agreement other than Ohio State, Penn State. Um, so I guess that's what we got. Uh, you got anything left to say, Ryan? I know, I mean... It's Michigan week. I think we pretty much covered almost everything. I, I, I do want to say that this is like – there's going to be – this is the place to be if you're going to a college football game this weekend. Uh, clearly, just based on everybody that's coming with their pregame shows. It's just a shame that this is a noon kick. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. But, yeah, I mean, it's a green out, so wear green if you're going to the game. Uh that's about it. Be loud on Saturday. Yeah. I'm going to be loud from Chicago. There's no doubt about it. Um, 
and I hope Michigan went. Or <laughs> you did it. Oh no! no God no, damn it! No, Tim. No. I caught it immediately, so I feel like you get to. <laughs> it's kind of like when you drop your food and you just pick it up real quick. <laughs> Three second rule. Um, I hope Michigan State wins huge. I want to absolutely relish this because I think we, you know, we talked about it. We're kind of the we're playing with house money. We've got the easy like. Well, we were four and a half. Wins in Vegas, you know, um, this would be some of the sweetest nectar of victory that we could drink. And um, I want to, you know, absolutely bask in the glory on our next pod of a win. And, um, you know, if we don't win, it was totally bullshit. The refs suck and the weather was bad. <laughs> yeah, All right. Exactly. Ryan. I, we may talk in between. You know, we might find a reason to pod again between now and Saturday. But until then, go green. Go white. Uh, you know, they have those nerds clusters, which is new. The gummy. Yeah, which is good. The nerds clusters is good. Gummy bears for sure. And then, uh, the other thing I like is, uh, is when they used to have the... the uh, in a box, outstanding. The, the latest, you know, there's still candy innovation, although a while back I found the Europe had better candy than we did overall. Because they have gummy everything. I mean, I completely hate candy corn.